Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. These are your top five wide receivers for week two fantasy football. We will shortly rank 40 more, but hey, before we do that, anything you want to say about Stefan Dix, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown, and our guy, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I had Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver one, but we're not including the Thursday night football guys. So that's, we'll start there. Uh, Steph Diggs is in a beautiful spot. Uh, I think Jamar Chase is in a good spot. We have, like we did with the quarterbacks, I think a lot of these elite wide receivers are in fantastic spots this week. Okay, I'll dive into those just a little bit more. Jamar Chase facing the Baltimore Ravens in three games against Baltimore in 2022. He had 12 targets. And that was even before they flipped their offense in week six of last year. Then he went 9, 84, and 1 on 12 targets, 8, 86, and 1 on 13 targets. We know they're missing Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams as well. That's very important. Uh, and quickly on Calvin Ridley. We were in on him extremely early when he was a third or fourth round pick. And slightly stealing a analogy from J.J. Zacharyson here, but it's like if last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, if you were just at a normal Thanksgiving dinner with like your sisters and your brothers and your parents, okay. and then Joey Chestnut decides to jump into your Thanksgiving and then just devours way more than anyone else's percentages. That's what it's like when an alpha wide receiver gets thrusted into a good quarterback and good offense. And that's why this is totally different now with Calvin Ridley on this team. Yeah, completely agree. And then the, for the matchup, the Chiefs were 24th against fantasy wide receivers last year. We'll see if Chris Jones, how active he is. But the Jaguars, if you're just looking at it, they're projected for a ton of points. And that's what we're looking at. Look at Amon Ross St. Brown. He's up there. We have Jamar Chase up here. We had, what, A.J. Brown last night, Steph Diggs. I mean, we're looking at the best wide receivers in fantastic yep. spots this week. And quickly on Amon Ross St. Brown facing the Seattle Seahawks. I went back and watched all of Tutu Atwell and all of Puka Nakua's snaps this morning in targets. Okay. The Seahawks might have some issues in the middle of the field. Might have mm -hmm. some issues in the middle of the field. And we know that Amon Ross St. Brown can feast in that area too, especially off play action. Okay, as Hayden said, since we are doing this on Fridays now, midday, we are not going to include any Thursday night football wide receivers. That might change in the future, but really from our seats, we wanted to take time to give you good information rather than the first information. And wide receivers mm -hmm. are so important that I just eliminated those uh, here. I will add, Hayden had Devontae Smith as a top 10 wide receiver, had Jordan Addison, our guy, two, two games, two touchdowns, I believe is a top 24 option this week too. Okay, let's get it going. We'll start with the sixth wide receiver. That is Devontae Adams at the Buffalo Bills. He's actually the consensus wide receiver nine, Hayden. Yeah, I think that the Jacoby Myers injury, he's not going to play because of that concussion. I think that the Bills defense is decent, but it's not groundbreaking. And I think that the Bills offense is going to have a huge bounce back spot, which will lead into Devontae Adams going off. I thought Jimmy G looked totally fine. Like, I think Jimmy G can distribute the ball to Devontae Adams a ton. The matchup last week wasn't kind to him, but I don't think like Devontae Adams play has fallen off. So I'm, I'm ranking him as I did before the season when I thought he deserved to be a borderline round one pick. 
Your wide receiver seven this week is Keenan Allen at the Tennessee Titans. He is six spots later in Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings, which, by the way, take about 120 different analysts' rankings and put them into one. I love to compare that to Hayden's rankings, which you can find in the description down below because, again, it gives us leverage points for these conversations. Yeah, and th this goes back to this pass funnel Titans defense oh, yeah. here. As you can see, teams that played the Titans last year in neutral situations decided to pass the ball at the highest rate in the league because the Titans' pass defense was 28th in, in EPA allowed. They were the worst team against fantasy wide receivers. And what did we see last week? We saw Rashid Shaheed get there. We saw Michael Thomas dunking on people. Chris uh, Chris Olave uh, had a couple of busted coverage looks and had some awesome catches as well. So what we learned last week was that Keenan Allen is going to probably lead this team in targets, especially if Austin Eckler is going to be out and he hasn't practiced this week. Uh, I do think that Mike Williams can get there certainly as well because the Chargers are projected for a lot of points. But over like the last 10 games, Keenan Allen has been uh, earning more targets than Mr. Michael, Mike Williams. And for those of you that have Austin Eckler in your lineups, go and watch the running back tiers and ranking show. Hayden had a very bold take of if Eckler is inactive, where he would rank Joshua Kelly in the top 12. Okay. <laughs> Final point on Allen facing the Titans. Um, they allowed New Orleans Saints wideouts to catch 18 of 25 targets last week for 262 yards. If their front four does not get home, this is going to be a long day for the Titans secondary. This is the week where we see, you know, more downfield patterns and explosive plays, I think, from the Titans offense. And even if when, when that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. Keen Allen is like the one that is going to get home of that grouping too. And we, we talked about it. Last week, the Chargers were dead last in neutral pass rate. We think that Kellen Moore is going to really game plan week to week based off of the opponent. So I think you and I are going to really try to focus in what would we do if we're Kellen Moore? To me, it would be pass the ball. I mean, we kind of are Kellen Moore. Okay. Uh, wide receiver eight, CD Lamb against the New York Jets and Sauce Gardner. Kind of, kind of, mm -hmm. because we have seen CD Lamb work in the slot quite often, and a lot of his explosive plays come from that area of the field. Brandon Cooks is going to be out most likely with that right. knee injury. So CeeDee Lamb will be on the outside in two wide receiver set. So he will see some Sauce Gardner. There's a chance Sauce Gardner's travels down there, but typically not what he does. Even if that is the case, I do think that CeeDee Lamb is by far their number one target on this team. Uh, Michael Gallup at this point is just kind of like a downfield dunk ball specialist. Uh, so CeeDee Lamb, if the Jets can keep this close at all, uh, still projects fine, but like I think that this is a pretty rough matchup for him considering the Jets are projected for 15 points or massive uh, favorites here. I don't think they're going to pass the ball all that much this week. So Tyreek Hill is listed here as your wide receiver three, and that means Jalen Waddell is listed here as your wide receiver nine. They play for the same team. They're in the same offense, but as we saw last week, while Jalen Waddell is good, he is not Tyreek Hill. Right, but last week I thought that the difference between those two will be really wide, which what is what we saw because there was nobody on the Chargers defense I was worried about. Bill Belichick historically will double your number one. Now, I'm not panicking about Tyreek Hill. He's pretty damn good, and right. we also have film breakdowns with Colt McCoy talking about how they can scheme away from some of these double teams. Still, Bill Belichick is going to look at Tyreek Hill and say, we will try to make somebody else beat us. That's why I have Jalen Waddle ranked higher this week like than I did the previous week, just because I think that Jalen Waddle is probably going to see a couple more targets. I still believe Jalen Waddle this season will be very inconsistent just because he's not the focal point of the offense. No, there's no offense to Jalen Waddle. They got Tyreek Hill there. Um, but 
I think this is a fine week for him. They will be seeing a little bit of Christian Gonzalez, the first-round corner. Typically, rookie corners get targeted frequently. Even though Christian Gonzalez is probably pretty good, he saw 10 targets and coverage last week. This is just a trend across the NFL, and I do think that Waddle will see some of Christian Gonzalez. You know what's funny about the short, fast motions that we saw with Tyree Kill is that they could also do those with Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Like, yes, but I think it's telling that they do it with what uh, do well, it totally. With I mean, Tyreek, Ty- Ty- you, you can't guard him in that respect because right. he is faster. He is quicker. He is more. He's a legit wide receiver at every single level of the field. Obviously, Jalen Waddle is he's amazing. Yep. But if they need to do that still with someone else and Tyreek is kind of getting locked down in a way, then mm-hmm. they're one of the few teams that have two wide receivers that are capable of getting up to speed in three steps. Chris Olave is your wide receiver 10. It was so fun to review this tape. We had concerns about the coaching from the top down, but they were super creative with Chris Olave in week one. Yeah, and I'm not going to be sticky from my preseason takes here. I was critical of the Saints offense for being too vanilla, and then all of a sudden we see multiple targets from Chris Olave out of the backfield. We see some bubble screens. We see some tunnel screens. We see Chris Olave obviously breaking free on that coverage bust as well. I think that's encouraging for his weekly consistency. Uh, I think that uh, Rashid Shaheed, Jawan Johnson, Michael Thomas are like capable people to earn some targets here. But the fact that they're scheming Chris Olave open in addition to him just being able to beat man coverage will kind of keep him in this like boom bust wide receiver one two, uh, kind of depending on the matchup. But I was very encouraged like you were. Before we jump to tier two, we appreciate the 30% of you who watch this channel and then hit that subscribe button. We love all of you, but we like you just a little bit more. Also want to point out that we have a new special over at Underdog Fantasy for the Pick'em Lobby. We are giving away $100,000 every single week. And all you have to do this week is include the Tua Tungavailoa Pick'em Special. You can win or lose, and 10 of you are getting $10,000 from the bosses, not from our pockets, from the bosses over at Underdog. Not for mine. <laughs> no, certainly not for mine. And the way to do it is to go and click the link in the description down below or use promo code the show. And uh, Hayden and I, from there on, we'll be matching your first deposit up to $100. Only for the true sickos. By the way, my mom, this is my, my birthday present from my mom, who is a true sicko, Underdog subscriber, Underdog commenter, and Underdog Pick'em player. Okay, let's get back to the rankings. And we kick it tier two off with two 49ers wide receivers. Depot Samuel at 11. Brandon Ayuk as wide receiver 12. After Brandon Ayuk erupting last week for, I don't know, 28.9 half point PPR points. Um, some might raise an eyebrow while you have Debo ranked ahead of him here. Yeah, I think it's just it's playing still some of the preseason stuff like we had. The expectation was that Debo is going to be the one here. It's possible that Ayuk has completely jumped him, but I think based off of one week, I'll put them closer together. But like you said, this is an eruption spot for the 49ers. You're just looking at this chart. They have one of the best matchups of the week. The 49ers projected for like 26 points this week. It's top five on the week. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's going to be kind of a roulette wheel on which guy is going to be the, the person to be scoring two touchdowns on a given week. Um, but Somebody will in this offense. I don't know if it's going to be Kittle, CMC, Devo, or Ayuk. All I know is I would like a couple chances at it. I think Christian McCaffrey is higher or lower for rushing yards. Is only like 65 and a half this week in the Pick'em Lobby, too. I do want to add with Debo Samuel. And by the way, you are six spots ahead of consensus. He's wide receiver 17 there. But I, I am backing you up here. In seven career games against the LA Rams, 
Debo Samuel has scored seven touchdowns. Okay. Granted, it's been different defensive coordinators during that time, but I think we can also say, despite last week in the Seattle Seahawks, this is probably the least talented Rams defense that he has seen in right. the course of those seven games. Um, and the Rams played man coverage just 10.9% of the time in week one. That was 26th in the league. If you go back over the course of his career, Debo Samuel cooks zone coverage. Sit in zones, catch the ball, run after the catch. And uh, I think this lines up really, really good for an awesome week two for Debo Samuel. Hell yeah. I'm sold. Okay. Your wide receiver 13, hoping for a bounce back, is T. Higgins. Yeah, so, I mean, last week did not go to plan. Obviously, we talked about Joe Burrow and what possibly went wrong there. Probably a hand issue, a rain issue, maybe a little lingering calf issue. But Tegan's like the biggest positive regression candidate of the week. He was a wide receiver 25 in usage, even though the Bengals were like never near the red zone. Uh, so we know Tegan's going to ball. It's a much uh, cleaner matchup, assuming that there's no rain over there. But yeah, I think that T. Higgins, this is probably where he probably should have been ranked. Um, yeah going into the season that's kind of where i had him ranked uh he's going to be fairly inconsistent but uh the pick lobby has him at like 60.5 receiving yards i think that's pretty appropriate okay we already ranked keenan allen in the top 10 here is mike williams as wide receiver 14 you are 10 spots ahead wide receiver 24 is the consensus we already discussed this tennessee titans defense i will add though that they are kellen moore i, I should say is changing his role just a little bit in week one he played in the slot for 43.1 percent of his snaps in 2022 that was just at 13.1 and this titans defense we talked about how they just were a sieve in terms of wide receiver mm -hmm. points in total but on targets to wide receivers 10 yards or further down the field they allowed seven of 11 to be completed for 179 yards and a touchdown yeah i i just think he's really good it'll it'll be inconsistent i'll give you guys that but mike williams <laughs> will have some big weeks and i'll be here to celebrate them okay in that eruption spot that we see from the Detroit Lions, mm -hmm. many times people like to look for, you know, run backs on the opposite side. And DK Metcalf is your wide receiver 15 here. Yeah, so he's also in a fine spot. I will say that I'm using some 2022 data, and I don't think that the Lions defense is uh, the That's same bad. as it was last last year, certainly. But I also do think that DK Metcalf is going to be the alpha of this offense. They got JSN involved like on some like screens and stuff, but didn't really notice a whole lot from him. Tyler Lockett was like, kind of like on a speed outs. Um, wasn't like too impressed with those either. So I do think that, that DK Metcalf will be the number one in this offense. They just, they're not projected to score that many points this week. So it's only 21. And I think it's because they're missing the offensive tackle. So hopefully it's just like jump balls to DK Metcalf and he comes down with them, but we're into the boom bust category. This was not like how it was last week where I thought DK Metcalf was for sure going to get home. This is a little bit step, uh, step down. Yeah. DK and Tyler Lockett crushed the Lions last year in terms of their production. I will add, though, that if the Kansas City Chiefs pass catchers could have caught the ball last week, then I think that we would have a different opinion of this Detroit Lions defense after one week. I mean, when they did bring in passes, Chiefs wide receivers still averaged 13.5 yards per catch last mm -hmm. week. So, I mean, but this is all up to for the Seahawks, all, even the running game, all up to, hey, how are both backup tackles and can your interior offensive linemen, which was even worse than your tackles, yes. play better? Yeah, and the Lions front line's pretty good right now. Aiden Hutchinson, those spin moves he was rocking last week were pretty, pretty, pretty sick. Yeah, now he gets like stone Forsyth to yeah. play against. You're a wide receiver 16, my flag plant of the summer. Michael Pittman here against the Houston Texans defense. Wide receiver 27 in consensus rankings. Michael Pittman is people need to change and alter their beliefs here. 
Yeah, this one's pretty simple. It's just looking at projected pass volume and play volume in general, which is kind of silly to say with a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, but they were top 10 in neutral pass rate. Uh, they're actually fifth in it last week. And then they were also really playing with a lot of pace as well. So Michael Pittman, to me, is going to just be able to get home uh, because he's going to be the focal point of the offense. I think that we probably made too big of a deal that Anthony Richardson just like throws deep ball because he's big and strong and Alec Pierce run deep route. And like, that's just going to be the connection. Well, we're forgetting that you have to be really good. And Michael Pittman is really good. And they're actually yes. designing stuff for Michael Pittman Yes, underneath on the RPOs. Yes. And Michael Pittman could also dunk on people. So yes, I think, I think it's going to be a massive separation and we just overthought this. We're trying to be two scheme scheme bros with the, the Alec Pierce stuff. You have to be good. So not to rehash everything from the summer, but you know, prior to the 2022 season, Michael Pittman was being drafted as the wide receiver 11. We were able to draft mm-hmm. him as the wide receiver 35 this year because he played with Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger last <laughs> year, you know? And then this year, we've already seen that Anthony Richardson completed like 77% of his passes underneath. And it was so cool to go back and watch every single Michael Pittman target because, I mean, it was play action over the middle, RPO over the middle, design screen, which he housed for 39 yards, drag route over the middle, outside breaking route, and a double move on third down that Anthony Richardson won out of structure and then found him on the extended play. Mm -hmm. I know that 10 of his 11 targets were in the second half. I know six of those, I think, were on the final drive. But the offense was at its best in the second half. That can balance out for the entire four quarters. I think Michael Pittman, and sure, it's going to be rocky because you have a a rookie quarterback. That happens to anyone. Mm -hmm. I think he's here to stay in the top 24. Yeah, I, I really like that take. I'm sure it, where's it, where he's in the consensus rank. It's got to be like the 30s. Wide receiver 27. Yeah, okay. I like it. Wide receiver 17. Speaking of changing your opinion, I probably need to do this about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, potentially. It's uh, Mike Evans. Yeah, I was just really impressed with the aggressiveness from the Buccaneers, but also just how much juice Mike Evans showed last week. I mean, the reports from training camp, like we didn't want to believe him because he's old. Uh, and he's been playing through a couple injuries, but the training camp reports were really positive on Mike Evans. And even on his deep ball that he didn't even catch, he was looking super fast. And then obviously he had that post route for a touchdown. They were getting him the ball designed underneath a little bit. I thought Mike Evans looked really good, better than I had seen him previously. And I think that Baker Mayfield is going to allow him to make plays. Um, when I think that the defense is going to be probably pretty inconsistent for for Tampa. And I think the Bears defense was sloppy. We gave them a lot of crap for their offense, but the Bears defense, I also think, could be picked apart a little bit. Yeah. I'm still not a Baker fan, but I'm kind of a Dave Canellas fan, the new mm-hmm. play caller for I'm the Bay Buccaneers. Like, it's impossible to know anything about these first-time play callers until actual things happen. And after week one, I am quite optimistic. Dave Canellas has been with the Seattle Seahawks since 2010 he was quarterbacks coach wide receivers coach for a very long time he was Gino's quarterback coach last year do you know before that Hayden he was the assistant strength and conditioning coach for your your USC Trojans how are you not all over this guy I I didn't I didn't know that but I can tell you he's he's in good shape handsome guy as (laughs) most Trojan fans are uh I'd want another note on uh Mike Evans actually two more notes he dropped a pass a slant route that it, he easily could have caught that and ran directly into the end zone. If we were, if we, he would have caught that, we would have been talking about Mike Evans a lot in the recap shows. And then the other thing is he's facing a second round rookie cornerback. Going back to that discussion, you target rookie corners. That's what someone like Canales is going to be doing. Target the rookie. And I think that Mike Evans uh, is projecting pretty well all of a sudden. All right. 
let's do these two together because your wide receiver 18 is Amari Cooper. Wide receiver 19 is George Pickens. Those two teams are playing each other. Yeah, where I think Amari Cooper, it's just the Browns don't project as well this week. And I think coming off of a pretty up and down passing offense. Uh, last it's weird that they don't project as well. Like the Steelers defense other than TJ Watt looked miserable and they don't have Cam Hayward now either. Yeah, like, for example, underdog pick and lobby has Amari Cooper at 50.5 receiving yards, which is like less than Mike Evans, for example, who's at 57 and a half. Um, I think George Pickens is a little bit more interesting to talk about. Like, do you, I, think, where was, I think you have him way too high. Way too high. Yeah, I noticed that he was actually getting some underneath looks and some targets a little bit more over the middle than what I was expecting uh, off of a second rewatch with him. They're just going to be desperate. And I, I don't think you can scheme up the ball to Allen Robinson uh, Pat Fryermuth, we'll see uh, what his injury designation is coming off of a little bit of a rib issue. Man, I, I don't know. You you would move him way way down. Yeah, I mean, I I mean the spread's only two and a half here in favor of the uh, Browns who are on the road in this game. But consensus rankings have him as wide receiver twenty nine. I'd probably like go in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. One, sure, George Pickens put another highlight reel out there of catches outside and out of bounds. But we haven't seen anything either from him other than the preseason working in rewatch like, last game. There was some. There was some. I promise okay. you. There was a little bit. It was okay. still, it was still I will add, Hayden. I, I will add the 49ers defense is, is is very tough. Right. I think the Browns defense is really tough. They're, they've I invested agree. a ton in their defensive backs. It's a really good unit. And then the pass rushers up front with Miles Garrett, with Sedarius Smith. Like this is among defenses to start with in your opening two weeks, this is a, a pretty rough stretch for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and the Steelers are not projected to score very many points. So when we update my rankings on Sunday morning for the long-ass Q&A, I will guess I will have George Pickens a little bit lower than this. My belief, though, I'm still holding on to my priors with George Pickens where I still need to see something in the regular season, like consistency, okay. drive in and drive out, you know, mm -hmm. in order for him to be a top 20 wide receiver. Zay is next. Not Zay Flowers. Zay Jones as your wide receiver 20. Talk to me, man. He is wide receiver 41 in consensus rankings wow. against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Zay was a full-time player. He ran around on 34 of 36 dropbacks. He was a wide receiver 18 on the week last week on wide receiver 30 usage. I think that the Jag Jaguars, apparently I say that wrong every single time, uh, they project way better, uh, I think, this week just because the Chiefs uh, are just going to be putting up points on on the Jaguars uh, on, <laughs> on defense. <laughs> I will add, I'm just going to tell on him here. Rudman messaged me a couple days ago. He'd be like, do you think Hayden would take any offense if I called him out for how he says Jaguars? Just, just I'm speeding up the process here. Jaguars. Get out of there. UAs <laughs> should be banned. It's outrageous. Uh, okay. On Zay Jones, I mean, he is my guy. I mean, he ran a route on 94.3% of dropbacks last week. 94.3%. And in two games against the Chiefs last season, Hayden, Zay Jones had games of eight for 68 and five of 83, 17 combined targets. We love the game script potentially here. We love the total of this game. Christian Kirk... And we'll get to him in a little bit. It's time. It's time to realize that this team believes that Zay Jones is better used in two wide receiver sets over Christian Kirk, unless something totally flips here in week two. Yeah, we saw that in the preseason and in week one. Uh, I also think that where 
Zay gets his targets typically a little bit further downfield and sometimes even in the red zone are a little bit more valuable than where Christian Kirk would be seeing his anyways. Yeah, like little quicksands and stuff like that close mm-hmm. to the line of scrimmage. Okay, we start tier three with the other Zay, Zay Flowers of the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you're actually five spots ahead of consensus here. I feel like in the world of streaming services, it is very easy to forget that you subscribe to a platform for just one show, one event, one game, and then get charged over and over and over again. We've all been there after checking our monthly bank statement, and that's just the start of the process. After that, you have to find out where to cancel, how to cancel, click on this button, that button, email this person, that person. But now there is one easy way to take care of all of that. It is rocket money. It shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels them for you, whichever ones you do not want. And in fact, Rocket Money can find subscriptions you did not even know you were paying for. That's like an extra, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks that you found in your couch cushion. Again, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That is rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Wow. Um, I think that this is going to be very hard to distinguish because if you're sorting by like target share, Zay obviously was getting the rock a ton. Now, a lot of those were just like, RPO bubble screens or, or uh, push passes, push passes. All there were about five stuff. of those. Yeah, that were two, open with two RPOs, had two screens laid, and a push pass in between there. It seemed like that's as most as you can possibly use a player in that type of. Totally. You know, so like I think that we can lose three of those. He still gets two of those a week, and all of a sudden the targets uh, come down. I will say though, on some of his real routes down the field, he looks pretty sweet on those, and he's definitely pretty explosive. Uh, he was in two wide receiver sets over. Uh, Rashad Bateman, who I ranked much lower in this. I do think that some of the wider running back targets that we were promised in this offense will just basically be going more or less to Zay, who's going to be this like gadget player plus. Um, so I think this is appropriate. The Ravens, I will say though, they're only projected for 21 and a half points. Like I was hoping that this Ravens team would always be projected for 24 to 30 points, depending on the matchup. Right now, I think it's a work in progress. And I think that that's what the consensus is. And based off of Lamar Jackson's performance, I think that is relatively fair. Yeah. And Todd Monken has come out this week saying like, yeah, we kind of want to get Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham a, a bit more involved. I will add, though, it is so clear that Zay Flowers just moves differently than any other wide receiver on the scene right now. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about with Steve Smith back in the day. Only like 460,000 people watched that video. But where when he flips his shoulders as soon as he catches a pass – he like turns into a, a running back in a way, Gone. like how explosive he is in that regard. Um, and that deep comeback that we did see was beautiful. And so I think that these downfield routes, cause they can run them. I think these downfield routes will come. Um, and he, he's clearly can do it. I also think that if Monken wants to incorporate these fast motions, these short motions, mm-hmm. Zay flowers is the dude to do that here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for Zay flowers moving forward. I am less excited for offensive line injuries and yeah. the total that Vegas gave the Ravens this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Gabe Davis is your wide receiver 22. The people are going to get mad at you, man. He's a wide receiver 33 in consensus. He's facing Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, this is one where his bust potential is obviously high because he only sees about five targets per game. But then you look at this and you're averaging this out. The number two pass catcher on a team projected for the most points for the remaining part of the week at home against the Raiders. Like if you're just ranking before the season started, which weeks are the best weeks for Gabe Davis to have one of those crazy games? This week sounds pretty appealing for it, you know, Uh, especially while they're trying to get uh, the Dalton Kincaid stuff working out i do think it's a good thing for gabe davis also that if they're going to be in this kind of 11.5 personnel with two tight ends on the field i think it'll actually be easier for him to earn targets just because like you're going to have dawson knox uh or kincaid staying in the block on some of those looks uh versus like what a slot wide receiver would be blocking so i think that gabe davis yeah he's super boom bust if that's not for you cool uh but i do think that this is a week where he has potential to have a big spike week Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, has always noted that Gabriel Davis is uh, more successful versus zone than in main coverage. And in week one, the Raiders played zone coverage on 84.5% of their snaps. That was sixth in the league. So this is one of those times. Fire it up. Okay. Garrett Wilson. Big changes of thoughts heading into week one versus week two. And yes, now he gets the Dallas Cowboys defense. So first thing I did while building these rankings was looked at the underdog fantasy pick lobby to see where we had him at. And it was at 51 and a half yards, which is kind of in this range here. So the problem though, with that yardage is the touchdown projection on offense projected for 15 points is a lot 15, different than the lowest in the league this week by, by a quarter mile. So I think they will force feed him the ball when they can, but at the same time, the corners are very good. The pressure is going to be an absolute problem for Zach Wilson. We're going to see him definitely running around like a madman. Yeah. Honestly, like if I, if you had to say you have to move Garrett Wilson higher or lower on my rankings, it would be a little bit lower than this. Right. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you. I, we got so excited about Garrett Wilson because of the mind meld he had with Aaron Rodgers. That was Devontae Adams-esque inside the red zone. We did see that one snap that was off target that Zach Wilson threw to him in that same area of the field, and it worked yeah. out because Garrett Wilson's a phenom. But, man, look, we're not going to get wide receiver 60 last year like we did when uh, Zach Wilson was throwing Garrett Wilson the ball, but it's not going to be you know wide receiver 10. It's yeah. probably going to be like wide receiver 36 the rest of the way. Yeah, last week the Jets were 28th in wide receiver fantasy usage right next to the Cardinals, Bears, Giants. I think that's the new normal. He's going to get almost all of that usage on this team. I think it's just going to be him and maybe a little bit of Alan Lazard, but we have to really reset our expectations, obviously. I mean, I I do think last year Zach Wilson was just like scared to rip it, you know? Mm -hmm. I do think he's going to be more willing to rip it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if he does do that and give Garrett Wilson situations where he is locked up one-to-one, and man-to-man, then that at least gives us, again, more opportunities here for Garrett Wilson versus last year when he played with Zach Wilson. Chris Godwin, anything else you want to say about his matchup against Chicago Bears that we missed with Mike Evans? Uh, slot corner Kyler Gordon was on uh, the injury report, didn't practice earlier in the week with a hand issue. Uh, we have to monitor that. That would even open up things for Chris Godwin a little more. He, Chris Godwin, uh, I thought he looked pretty fine out there. I thought he showed enough explosiveness and physicality, um, maybe not the same as he was previously yard after catch-wise, but I think that like we were talking about with Mike Evans. I do think this Bucks offense will at least meet that bar of watchability and functionality. This might be the biggest disparity you have all season in consensus rankings. Good. Wide receiver I'm, 57 in consensus. Kendrick Bourne is your wide receiver 25 this week against the Miami Dolphins. So 
Kendrick Bourne last week was already really high in his usage. He got a bunch of targets. A lot of them were like real targets down the field. I thought that Bill O'Brien set up Mac Jones for ways to win uh, under in structure. But I was also looking and Juju just does not look healthy. And we saw some reports uh, from that even after the game that they just don't think that he's like one of their top five pass catchers. And I, I put a clip over on Twitter he just doesn't have the explosiveness. We'll see if Devontae Parker is going to play. He was limited at the recording of this video. I'm assuming that he's probably out or actually limited. I think that Keishon Butte was really rough out there. So, like, I'm just, like, trying to figure out who's going to be earning the targets. And I think it's going to be Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry and then Ramondre Stevenson. And last week, I know a lot of it was in while, while chasing points. But the Patriots, they were second in wide receiver fantasy suit last week. And I don't think we should be looking at the Patriot stats from last season with Matt Patricia. And I think that Kendrick Bourne, I think is a fine enough player. Uh, And I think that he's more experienced in this offense than some of the other pass catchers. So I'm fine with being higher on all of the Patriots. They're actually projected for uh, 22 points, which is higher than the NFL average this week. It's higher than like the Baltimore Ravens this week. It is. Okay. Traylon Burks, your wide receiver 26 against the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm assuming this is assuming that DeAndre Hopkins, who missed practice both on Wednesday and Thursday, is not going to play. Yeah, I am working under that assumption. I'll obviously update on the Sunday show if DeAndre Hopkins is actually going to play. This is a good matchup for Traylon Burks because they're at home. They're underdogs to the Chargers who were just roasted, obviously. Uh, Titans offense and the Dolphins offense, a little bit different for sure. But Traylon's basically competing with no-namers for targets. I will say, when I watched Traylon Burks last week, he had a lot of press coverage snaps. He created about zero separation on them. Yep. Yes, he's too big. Like you just he's see so thick. This is you, what you see him on the, running the routes the whole time. It's just a defender holding onto his chest. So like he's got to get better at that. And they they moved him into the slot a little bit more this week. Than and they that's did. where he got his third three targets basically. Right. So hopefully they they're this offense knows that they have to like work within the confines of what where Traylon Burks wins right now. I will say when he does catch the ball, he's special when he has that ability to break off some long plays. And I think that the Chargers passing offense is going to destroy the Titans defense. So there should be garbage opportunity here. This is to me a no excuses game for Traylon Burks if DeAndre Hopkins is out. Like this is the perfect setup. Man. And look, Eric Kendricks and Kenneth Murray, especially the latter, were all over the place last week. And that's why they could attack that middle of the field area. But obviously, Traylon Burks does not move as quickly in his routes compared to Tyree Kill and uh, Jalen Waddell. Yeah, I'm with you. It stood out to me that two of his three targets were on slot snaps that were just inside breakers. And he just looks so thick. <laughs> He's a big dude. Big dude. Okay, Tyler Lockett, your wide receiver 27 at the Detroit Lions. Um, you kind of outlined this. A measly week one. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, it was one. it's a one-week sample, but it was like a lot of like slow developing out routes and stuff, which were just like seemed like not on the same page, a little bit slow. We'll see. I think I think it was kind of a one-week sample. I don't want to be too critical there. I just want just like we did with DK Metcalf. This is lower than I would have ranked if the the tackles were healthy. So wide receiver 28, Drake London. The people want to know, should they start Drake London against the Green Bay Packers? In fact, consensus rankings have him as wide receiver 36. Yeah. um, If you're looking at it last week, the the Falcons (laughs) were off the charts, off the charts. They had 5.2 expected half points to all their wide receivers, including Mac. So... Uh, I, we, they asked Arthur Smith, like, 
are, is it your plan to get Drake London like more involved? Like he's your number one. He was like, no. So this is pretty tough uh, for a ranking. I will say, I still think Drake London's really good, but man, they just need to show Desmond Ritter the tape over and over again. That throw, you should have thrown it. Start throwing that throw. Yeah. You have to make that throw. Rip Screw it. Bijan Robinson. You have to throw it to these guys. They're very good. Drake London and Kyle Pitts are very good. Start throwing the ball. My God. Um, this game has flipped. The Packers were one-point favorites. Now the Falcons are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. But neither team has a high total. The Packers right. at 19-and-a-half points. The Falcons at 21 points. You know what the frustrating part of this is? Mm-hmm. Like Drake London could easily be doing exactly what Michael Pittman is doing. He's better than Michael Pittman. Yeah, I, I know, but like that's just how we have to think about this. Like as talents, they can do the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Yet here we are with Desmond Ritter, and it's not going to change. Like Arthur Smith is not going to do this just to give. And his comment though of like, oh, Drake London doesn't care if he's getting targets. Of course he does. Of course Drake London cares. He's a wide receiver. Yeah, that's what he's <laughs> here to do. Uh, I will say this. Underdog Pick'em Lobby has his – I want you to guess. Drake London, his higher lower on receiving yards. Where do you think it's at this week? Well, I, I, I see, see it, it right here. It's 50 and a half. You could, should have just said 50 and a half. Uh, yeah, no, that's I'm higher scared. than that's higher than what the consensus rankings are giving credit for. And I trust the Underdog Pick'em Lobby more than the consensus rankings. How about that? Yeah, that's higher than like Zay Jones, for example, at 45 and a half this week. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's close out this tier. Ooh, we're going long. Uh, with two Washington Commanders against the Denver Broncos. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver 29, and Terry McLaurin as wide receiver 30. I went back and watched every single one of Jahan Dotson's targets, and boy, oh boy, the guy can still route him up. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos' defense last week got pressure on a league low 11% of dropbacks when they did not blitz, and a league low 13.8% overall. So we saw Sam Howell get a bit freaky in the pocket because he was under duress. If Baker he's Mayfield. not under duress this week, then hello, Jahan Dotson. I think this could be what we are expecting heading into the season with Jahan Dotson. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and Terry McLaurin, if you like, really want to zoom in on the matchup, he's more likely to get Pat Sertan, the, one of the best corners in the entire league, who I think did a good job against Devontae Adams last week because uh, he plays more X wide receiver. Jahan Dotson, a little bit of a more friendly uh, matchup down there. I am worried about Sam Howell, though. You know, like he had some flashes in the preseason. He He's going to make plays that wow us. The consistency, I'm more worried that he's closer to like Baker Mayfield on the consistency, inviting pressure, feet get a little dancy out there. So that's why the commanders don't project for that many points this week as well. It's like 17 and a half points for the commanders, I believe. I know. It's tough. Tier four. Tier four. Houston Texans wide receiver one, Nico Collins. Um, What's up with air quotes? I mean, I mean, air yards, 10 targets. I thought CD Stroud. Robert Woods had 10 targets too. Yeah, but the air yards are going to be a little bit different. And I thought just CJ Stroud just showed more than what I was expecting. Uh, the Colts lost a bunch of starters in their secondary, like I've said in, in previous shows. So I think the matchup's totally fine. Uh, you're not going to get as much garbage time because of the point spread supposed to be much closer than what it was last week. But underdog pick em lobby, 47 and a half receiving yards. That's this tier. Puka Nakua. Your wide receiver 32. Let's have this conversation. He obviously missed Thursday's practice with an oblique injury after everyone at him as the priority waiver this week or spent on their fab budget. Mm-hmm. 15 targets last week. Uh, <laughs> talk me through his matchup in week two. Yeah, so obviously I'm assuming that he's fully cleared to play. We'll update this um, on Sunday. If not, 
they were scheming up 2-2 a little bit more. They're at least get, having a little bit more fun with 2-2 Atwell, but Puka was actually winning like a lot of like these real targets, if you will, and Matthew Stafford's playing out of his mind. Now, like you said, the Seahawks uh, defense had some issues, and the 49ers defense has no issues whatsoever, uh, and Vegas agrees the Rams are not projected to score very many points this week. So something to monitor. Uh, I would be surprised if Puka is a 15 target guy per week, but if he is, I'm uh, ranking him a little low. <laughs> I'll give you that. What is he? The new Mike, Mike Thomas from what? The new Cooper cup. Cooper cup would be smashing right now. My goodness. Um, I, I do want to bring this up. So we discussed it with the Seattle Seahawks and how they just have cavities over the middle of the field. And every single one, it felt like, and even these like slants and things were basically over the middle of the field because the, the ball was on the left hash. Um, that's where Puka was living. And then Matthew Savage was firing it in that yeah. window. San Francisco's defense over the middle of the field was Fred Warner and just a bunch of studs, you know? So like it, will, it is going to have to happen differently than it did yes. against Seattle last week. But that's not to say that Puka is not talented. He is. I mean, he is strong on the he catch. He absorbs mm-hmm. contact. Once he catches it, he rolls away from coverage immediately to try to pick up whatever yards he can. And he's in the right place at the right time and sitting in zone coverages too. So I don't know if we have ever seen Van Jefferson have a performance like we just did with Puka Nakua. And so for the rest of the season, I think it's pretty clear to say that Puka over Van Jefferson. And I also think based on how he utilized Tutu Atwell as well as his speed guy, as a 60% Tyreek Hill, let's put it Mm -hmm. that way. um, Maybe even Tutu offers skills that Van Jefferson doesn't moving forward to. I also think like they're throwing Van Jefferson to the wolves. They're like, all right, you go line up on the line of scrimmage. We're going to give you no help. You're going to be against the cornerback one. Go, go win. And that's just like an unfair. It's kind of like how they use Mike, Michael Gallup, for example, in the Cowboys offense. Like they're going to give schemed up stuff to everyone else. And like Michael Gallup, you better go make a play whenever you have the opportunity to. So I'm with you. Michael Thomas, your wide receiver 33. DJ Moore, your wide receiver 40, 34. And uh, Jerry Judy potentially returning this week. Although Ben Albright uh, has said it'll be in a snap count. Yeah, so I think that's fair to keep Jerry Judy kind of buried in the rankings. Did practice in full, but I believe Benjamin Albright covers the Broncos very well. Michael Thomas on tape, very fun to watch him because he had like the – you clearly know he knows ball. He knows the coverages. He also is super physical still. The yards after the catch ability was just not there. So in my notes, I have him – as quote fairly one dimensional pick and lobby is still pretty optimistic on him though. 51 and a half receiving yards, which is a little bit more than I expected. And then for DJ Moore, we have to monitor the statuses of Carlton Davis, the bucks, number one corner. He has not practiced. And also their strong safety. who played in the slot a little bit last week as well. He hasn't practiced this week. So obviously that would help out DJ Moore. but that offense is a work in progress. And it's been a work in progress for about five years. And there has been no progress. Your wide receiver 36 is Christian Kirk against the Kansas City Chiefs, Marquise Hollywood-Brown as wide receiver 37 against the Giants, and then Cortland Sutton as wide receiver 38. Just going back to Kirk real quick, if this total wasn't as high, he wouldn't be wide receiver 36 for you. I mean, just 65% of dropbacks he played last week, and his season low rate in comparison to that last season was 85%. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you have Calvin Ridley. Um, my notes was going to be on Marquise Brown. The Giants are starting two rookie corners on the outside right now, including six-rounder, so matchup wise it's much much easier you got to give me credit this is a much easier matchup for Marcus Brown will it matter we will see underdog yes. pickham has 43 and a half receiving yards obviously the touchdowns are gonna be hard to come by but this is a much easier matchup this week than it was uh the week prior Romeo Dobbs your wide receiver 39 here and Elijah Moore as the uh wide receiver 40 it's interesting you have 
Jaden Reed like way down at like wide receiver 60 ish. Um, I know they're only expected to score like 19 point something points this week, but man, I think Jordan Love played well. Romeo Dobbs showed toughness, especially inside the red zone. Jane Reed showed some explosiveness as well. I kind of, and look, Vegas knows way more than I do, but they might get this one wrong a bit. And I, I think one of these guys is going to score as a top 36 wide receiver this week. Yeah, it might be uh, Luke Musgrave popping in the box oh, here. Yeah. Uh, Romeo was wide receiver 36 in usage, uh, only ran around on 20 of 30 dropbacks because he's playing through that injury. It sounds like he's a little bit healthier. I think Romeo's kind of good. Like, he's yeah. at least very physical and, like, wins, like, uh, kind of a throwback uh, outside wide receiver um, style. Um, Jaden Reed's fine, but he was still in three wide receiver sets only slot type of guy. So as explosive as he is, like, I don't like starting three wide receiver set only guys that are projected for like 20 points or fewer. So philosophy wise. All right. Let's close this out with the rest. Tutu Atwell, Jackson Smith and Jigba as wide receiver 42, a couple of Ravens and Odell and Rashad Bateman. And then, uh, Kadarius, Tony and Sky Moore close it out for you. So with Jason, 21 of 33 routes last week. Um, they will run more plays here. this week at the very least. What? It was yes. like 12 plays in like 12 half. passes in the right. entire second half. Yeah. Um, so JSN has a much better chance of getting home, but he was the wide receiver 61 expected fancy points last week. Like that's that is a problem. Um, Odell made a nice catch, but was not that involved. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. I thought he looked fine when he got the opportunities, just not that many opportunities. And then Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, if you want more on them, Steve Smith and I broke down a bunch of their plays. New series every single Wednesday, it sounds like. We're going to be breaking down the X's and O's. Um, the problem was timing. They just do not have the right timing. Kadarius Tony was on, not on the same page with Richie James, kind of really screwed him on a mesh route. Sky Moore and Kadarius both dropped passes, but really it's just getting on the same page with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on how deep your route has to be off of an RPO. That's why they, that's what those issues were leading to the drops. These two players are much better than what they showed last week. They just got to get on the same page and hopefully Kadarius actually practicing in full this week gives him a chance to have a couple more routes. I will say that for JSN one, maybe the injury is a bit healthier this week. Two, where we've talked about the Lions being their weakest in that Thursday night game, and it was just a bunch of incompletions, was over the middle of the field. And like if you think about all those drops that Tony had, Sky Moore not being on the same page, Rasheed Rice even, look at all those incompletions over the middle of the field. That could be JSN's territory. To live in, especially if the tackles and offensive line, there are questions. It could be shorter and shorter routes. So I wouldn't be shocked if we look back and see that JSN has a decent week. Okay, that's fair enough. I, I'm kind of looking the Seahawks like the Jaguars wide receivers, where like Calvin really is like a step below back or, the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, until I can pronounce this, uh, I'm going to keep trying just because we, I think Zay is like Lockett, now Christian Kirk and JSN, like role wise, except Jacksonville. Uh, is just a better projected offense. for a ton of points. Yeah. Right. The one wide receiver I wish you had ranked was Rashid Shahid because I went back and watched his stuff mm -hmm. and he's a legit wide receiver, Dude. a legit wide receiver. He changes the pacing in his routes, the toe tap when vertical too. I mean, 
Rashid Jaheed is going to be an element for that offense every have single to week be. of the season. Have to be. And then even not saying he's going to get 10 targets or eight targets, but like he can do damage on four to six targets every single week. Of course, man. Really fun player. Like, I, I, I don't even want to call him a number three. Like, he's, I think he's a chance to be above that for an offense. He's, he's really good. Love that. Okay. That's it. We've done all the position groupings this week. Go back to the running backs, go back to the quarterbacks, tight ends, defense, and maybe a little kicker in there too. <laughs> and then uh, wide receivers here. Go and watch Scheme with Colt McCoy, where we talked about this fast, short motion go watch that wide receiver video that hayden discussed with steve smith and most importantly we'll be back here on sunday morning 10 30 a.m eastern two hours of only answering your start and sit questions all right thanks for producer waves for hayden i'm josh up the villa talk to y'all soon see ya